0: Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Perception is Reality. It's your host, David, and I'm welcoming you all back once again thanks for keeping up with us. If you're new, thanks for finding me. This week, I'm inviting my new friend, Junaid Ahmed, which I totally didn't pronounce right. And I practiced with him in the green room for like five minutes, but whatever. Um, He'll forgive me, I'm sure.
0: Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Uh, David.
1: Thank you for being here. And as you all know, listening and Uh, Junaid is learning that everybody that's officially a guest on the show or listener is my friend for life so that's why we use that term Um, and by the end of the episode if that doesn't become clear then I've not done a good job Um, so thanks for being here so everybody you already like to know uh, or you don't maybe you don't like to know but you know that I like to tell you how I come across my guests and so in this instance I was posting uh, on the Slack channel that we all share. There's a Slack channel for Anchor Podcasters. And uh, Junaid has a really interesting podcast that he'll tell us about in just a moment when I'm done yapping here. Um, and I posted that I was looking for guests. And he responded. And we had a brief talk yesterday to go over that I'm not um, some weird, crazy person. And I'm actually a real individual. and I am. and My guest for this week, because this is the 4th of July, uh, had internet troubles, which as we all know on this podcast, because it's unedited, unscripted, and I come in unprepared that life happens. And I'll be talking to Brandon on Friday, tomorrow, or maybe this weekend. But you know people's internet goes down. I, I know you're all shocked by hearing that because it's never happened to anybody that's listening or Janaid, has your internet never gone down. Are you one of those? Are you like a unicorn? I wish. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> we all feel for Brandon and uh, we wish his internet a speedy recovery.
2: Yeah, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so that's how we met. But uh, Janae, can you tell people about your Well, Yes, let's tell tell people about your podcast because, as always, I don't know anything other than how to have pronounced your name, and we already established that I got that wrong anyway. But yeah. can you just tell us about your podcast?
0: Absolutely. So my podcast is hacks and hobbies, and how I got into the podcasting business. Is for the very longest time, I was like, I want to have a podcast, and just for the heck of it, right? So. This whole, this, All this started back years ago. I had a blog and back in 2012, myself, a couple of my cousins, we started a podcast called Just Brewing It. It had a really awesome idea behind it. We talked, but that only lasted for like four episodes because they were in California. I was in Colorado. So our timings were off. I would usually be recording at midnight. Where, where it was 9 p.m. for them or something like that. Uh, and then last year, I was hanging out with my colleagues at work, and there was a running joke. Junaid, hey, what's your new hobby this week? Because I would always bring up these cool topics and talk about, hey, I'm working on this, I'm doing this. I'm like, what's your new hobby? So I was like, you know what's funny is that I just got into beekeeping and I just finished a beekeeping class. And I was like, you know, there a podcast would be a great place to document whatever I'm learning with beekeeping and talk about my hobbies. And yet again, there's another hobby for me <laughs> to take on to. So I was like, all right, let's do podcasting and talk about beekeeping and talk about all my hobbies. So I called it Hacks and Hobbies. Initially, it was like, okay, I couldn't come up with a name. So I was just talking randomly about beekeeping. Then finally I was like, you know, it's hacks and hobbies, life hacks, because we all have and come up with different life hacks to get through life and solve our own problems. And uh, so that's a little short version of the origin story of what the podcast is about or how I came up with it.
1: That's uh... <laughs> it's actually a really interesting story. <laughs> fun fact for you and everybody listening is that uh, I have a profound respect for bees and all pollinators. I would never, ever be a beekeeper, not because I'm afraid of them or anything, but I'm highly, highly allergic. Yeah. Um, and I will say on the bee spectrum, honeybees, um, honeybees and the big fat ones that like, I don't know what they're called, but they're
0: mm-hmm. like the really you- big.
1: Mm-hmm. Are they there's carpenter, there's bees?
0: carpenter bees and then there's uh, mason bees. Sorry, um, and then the bumblebees are pretty fat ones too.
1: I don't know whatever the big, big black ones we have down here in Texas. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of associate that with like being less intelligent than the other bees because the way they sure. fly around and they, I feel like they're like a four-wheel drive truck down here, or <laughs> you know, if they can start but they have a hard time stopping. Yeah. Which. In my mind, you know, I just think they're like the stupid bees, but I know they're not. But in mm-hmm. my head, I run my own script in my head. It's, yeah, you know, um, and they all have their own personalities. But those two bees I find to be, you know, pleasant to be around. They usually don't bother me. Yeah, We have a lot of flowering plants in the backyard because who doesn't like flowers? I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, whatever. But uh, anyway, so they come around this one bush that is very pretty my wife picked out I don't know whatever she knows the horticultural name she's smart Mm -hmm. like that um and that one attracts a lot of the honeybees um and these big fat ones and every once in a while you get one of the the mean bees um you know pick everybody knows what I'm talking about you're talking about your yellow jackets you're just angry bees like they woke up like this is the bee that woke up and was like where's my damn coffee
0: so, yeah, so the yellow jackets, they're actually not bees. They are uh, hornets or wasps.
1: See, now you're just getting technical, which I like. Sorry, so, I know. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're okay. So I, if we're going to get into like, yes, wasps oh, and yeah. hornets, all those yeah. people. Yeah. We, ha- we have this one mud wasp thingy down here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not even kidding. It's like an inch and a half. The, the thorax is like an inch long. This thing is huge. Oh, wow. It's like a Boeing 747 coming in and you're just like, what is that thing coming towards me? You know, women and children run, men just pee their pants on the spot. It's just, it's one of those, it's just huge. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I digress. Um, that's
0: that's a really uh, good point. And uh, so a lot of the pollinators, they live underground. Uh, there's 20,000... Species of in the bees and the bee industry, <laughs> the bee. I don't even know how to say correctly, but there's twenty thousand species of bees, of which only honeybees create honey. Uh, other ones, they either burrow in the ground, or they live in tree trunks, or um, and so the carpentry that that you were saying, that's us follow on the big black ones. They actually burrow inside wood panels so if you have a lot of um, you know you'll see them and, and the, the the reason that it feels like they're they don't have a way to stop is that the male one is the one that's hovering around and looking for the, the female bee and the female bee is the one that burrows into uh, like wood posts and lives and lays eggs and whatnot in there. And I, and I've seen and I've seen those around mailboxes or a lot. So we we went for a walk one day, and at least four or five mailboxes. There's a little bee hanging around that mailbox. I'm like, what is going on with you? You You're waiting for your mail. They don't Seriously? have the. You've got mail button. Right. Yeah.
1: And and it could it works in in both both ways. You've got yeah. M A I L and M A M A L E. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no. The we're my our house is. uh I, I, I don't. I I keep a keen eye for um hives mm-hmm. uh, because I am allergic, so I have to keep an eye on them. I mean,
2: yeah, exactly. uh, especially around the house.
1: I mean, I don't mind if they're out because um, our backyard we have woods in the back of us, so if they live out there, yeah, it's fine. I mean, you'd be surprised what lives back there. I mean, we've got and when we're in Texas, there's a Snakes back there, scorpions. I'm um, sure. Oh wow. Pollinators. I mean, you name it, lives back there, and they're all welcome to live back there. Possums, yeah. raccoons,
0: just stay back. Donks,
1: just stay back there. That's <laughs> and they do so far, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I haven't even really asked you what we're talking about. I just wanted to bees because, as mm-hmm. you know, people who listen about the podcast, it's really all about me.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> Hey, that's exactly why you started a podcast, right? uh, I started a podcast, so I could talk about me.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't really, but that, I mean, hopefully everybody that's listening listening understands that that was one of my jokes, but since I only have one tone of voice, I have one tone of voice and one facial expression, um, (laughs) I have to like explain myself a lot, but um, no, the uh, genesis of this podcast was... Uh, just because um, I have these conversations a lot with people like these conversations literally week over week that we're, we're about to embark on because I don't even know what we're talking about yet today. Like, yeah. I, I literally have these conversations and somebody's like, you should record them so everybody can listen and learn. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I just did. Uh, but there's also other many, many, many other reasons. One is one main reason is that I feel that there's too much. I'm very anti-Facebook. So Junaid, I don't know. It's not a requirement to listen to any of my podcasts, but if you did, you may have heard me say that. If not, then I'm telling you now is even though I use Facebook quite a bit, Mm -hmm. I'm anti the way that their algorithms force us into a confirmation bias. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're assuming we want to know what we want to know, but they do it because they want us to be addicted and get in there and be on there. Because that's if we're not on their site, they can't advertise. They can't sell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: our information. So I'm a really anti, when I say anti-Facebook, I'm really anti-confirmation bias. Um, and I feel like since the MySpace Facebook era and Twitter and all that, you know, I don't want to discriminate on a social mm-hmm. media platform, but you I throw saw. it in there just to, if yeah, whatever. Uh, we've become a society of people that like to hide in, uh, anonymity and, even though it might show my name, Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to be a keyboard warrior. Um, Yeah. And I don't like that. People don't know how to have a conversation anymore. So I like to use this podcast first and foremost to show that I can meet a complete stranger like you Mm -hmm. and we can have a talk. We can literally talk for an hour. Like we've already been talking for a good 13 minutes here Mm -hmm. and 10 minutes. If you count the green room, just to prep. Yeah. And you you know what we, it's, we're actually having a conversation.
2: We yeah, are. Um, absolutely.
1: And at some point in this conversation, one of us may not know what to say to the other. And there might be this thing that I love called the pregnant pause. And I love pregnant pauses. And you know what? They happen and they're okay because the other person's legitimately heard what you had to say and they're thinking. hmm You know, that and that's allowed.
0: Yeah, exactly. What's so the topic? Hmm.
1: Yes. What do you want to talk about today? Um, so fair, 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 um, you know, full disclosure podcast. i yes. um, when I originally posted on the on the Slack channel, I think I was asking for if anybody wanted to talk about what freedom means to them or what independence means. And you and then somebody else that I'm going to be interviewing next week, um, I believe she's from the Ru- Russia or the Ukraine or something. And mm-hmm. she really wants to talk about what freedom means, and I'm excited to have that conversation. Nice. Um, but with you, Um, when we were talking the other day, there was like, you had several things running through your mind. So I'm excited to hear what you have to, what, (laughs) what you came up with.
0: Well, the, one of the reasons I have the podcast hacks and hobbies and not one specific thing is because I like to, uh, like to talk about everything. And I know there's not enough time in the world to talk about everything. So you got to pick a topic or you got to, narrow it down so at least people coming in uh can be like oh i want to i want to learn about like like for example the episode i heard on your podcast uh with about decluttering that was very very fascinating for me because just like her i've grown up to collect a lot of things and i was like you know someday i will declutter when that day is going to come uh that I've got to decide because again, you've got to take the time out. You've got to, you know, make an effort to do it. So, like, all right. Um, so the topic that I I would like to talk about. I mean, we can talk about cycling because that's one of the main one of the main topics that I like to talk about on my podcast. And i brought some, some of my um, uh, cycling buddies that have been cycling for many years and um, talked about cycling and how, what it takes to get into cycling. And uh, I discovered that you're also a cyclist. So I was mm-hmm. like, hey, that could be a, a viable topic to talk about. Uh, then I'm also into video production. I've we, short, we shot a short film a couple of months ago, and it was all around beekeeping. <laughs> so right, so I love video f- filming, and I like bees. So I was like, hey, why not? And then just yesterday, my mentor, my beekeeper mentor, he he uh, texted me. He's like, hey, somebody asked me if I if I if um, I can film, or somebody asked him if who would they find who would they contact to film they they have a a farm and they have a professional extracting machine and they wanted to basically film that entire process so he's like you're the first person who came to my mind I was like well thank you so much um that's pretty cool yeah because every time uh I would go to my men to my mentor's house and 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 visit with him, I would bring a camera on a tripod, and we'd just film you know whatever we're doing, so it's like this guy knows, and then the short film also helped because it was around beekeeping, and um, we basically just interviewed a few beekeepers, shot some film around so there's there's like three topics right there that that I love talking about on the podcast so I can give you the choice of picking which topic we can delve deep into.
1: Well, um, that's interesting. So I like to I, I well, all are interesting. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. So this is what happens on the podcast when yeah. somebody gives me a topic or something to think about. My brain uh works much, much faster than my mouth can process and I have several thoughts at the exact same time, forking yeah. in my head and mm-hmm. uh so that's what that brain collision you just heard was. <laughs> um, so out of those, like, I are so many questions about the videography. Uh, okay. I have a friend who, uh, Jeremiah, who was episode number two on big data. He was the one that was trying to convince me early on that Facebook's not evil and I was not convinced. <laughs> um but his take on it was very interesting because he is a marketing professional and um he does a lot of videography for his mm-hmm. himself and for yeah. his clients yeah so that's always interesting i love to talk about the production and how that works but cycling is is a passion mm-hmm. um, i used to play soccer uh, that was my passion prior to cycling and i ruined my knee i literally have no meniscus on the interior part of oh. my right knee um, and I have very little meniscus, maybe 40% left on the anterior part of, or the exterior, the right side, of, I forget what the medical term is, so mm. don't touch me, but yeah. the right side of my knee has like 40% meniscus. So it's, a wear a brace most days. i am um, been deemed too young for a knee replacement, even though I probably need one. Yeah. Um, so cycling uh, is... That's what everybody's like. Okay, you need to get in cycling. So I was like, okay, you know, who didn't have a bike as a child? If you didn't have a bike as a child, I'm very, very sorry for you. Yeah. Um, all children should have bikes. It represents kind of a source of freedom. Although in today's Absolutely. day and age, there's so many whack jobs out there. And that's mm-hmm. a whole other discussion yeah. about uh, was there as many when I was a child? Um, I have no idea, but I felt mm-hmm. safer on my bike than yeah. I. I did when my kids were that age, but anyway, so cycling, I would, I, there's so many things we can talk about cycling. Um, I mean, when it comes to cycling, I, we could just talk about safety really, because I mean, um, briefly getting into cycling, I think is, in my humble opinion, I think getting into cycling is relatively easy. you, go to a bike store um, I am not a fan of the big box retailers I'm just not mm-hmm. uh, a lot of
0: them are shutting down I mean the big one performance bikes
1: Well they were purchased
0: They were purchased that's correct
1: they were they were purchased and I didn't know that they were they're not shutting retail space are they?
0: They've shut down a few of them out here in Virginia
1: Have they? I didn't know that ours here in in Houston is is going strong. Okay. Uh, it's one of the bigger stores that we have um, down here. But yeah, they were, for me, they were always more of an online retailer than a a brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, Like when I first started, I got my first kits there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say this loud and proud. I wear bibs. I don't care what anybody thinks. Oh, I love those bibs, man. Way better than shorts. They're
0: so much better than shorts. Thank you
1: seriously i mean
0: so when i first started biking uh i was wearing the shorts i was like oh these are pretty cool and then i discovered bibs i was like oh my god they're not falling off anymore
1: thank you exactly (laughs) that's the thing i don't have to they're not rolling up they're not doing whatever and um i don't care how skinny or fat you are those things a short will roll up Mm -hmm. um and and I, well, I mean, in, in my cycling clubs, there's, there's several women and they, and they, a lot of them wear bibs, but when they do wear shorts, they don't roll up on them. And that's because they have these things called hips Yeah, (laughs) and it keeps the shorts in place as men. Again, I don't care how fat or skinny you are. You just don't have them. They roll. You know what? Bibs solves that problem.
0: It does. Absolutely. Um,
1: So I'm just going to say that people just, and, and by the way, if you're getting into cycling, you know what every sport has a uniform. If you're in basketball you're wearing a tank top and shorts mm-hmm. and high high tops. If you're playing soccer you're wearing cleats. You've got socks that go up to your knees. You're wearing shin guards. You know it's it's a uniform. In cycling we have shorts. You know why? Here's why. And I'm gonna, I, I'm getting into it. you can hear my annoyed tone. Here's why we wear these shorts. Mm-hmm. Because the horn of the seat gets caught on anything that's not tight and that causes a crash. Yes. Number one, that's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. they have a built-in pad. And you know what? Those seats. I don't care if you have the granny seat. I don't care if you've got the road bike seat like I have, mm-hmm. or even on my mountain bike, which is a little bit different saddle because it's yeah it's a different type purpose bike. But because um, I have I have both road bike and actually I have a gravel bike too. I have a mm-hmm. problem. I have too many. I'm one of those people that has too many bikes.
0: N plus them. one, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just going to admit that to you right now because you're a cyclist. Um, but <laughs> the padding helps don't be ashamed to wear the padding
0: I oh mean, my god the padding is just heaven sent
1: seriously it's I like, mean, what it just, is. it just makes the it makes things more enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, yes we all feel like we look silly going into it mm-hmm. honestly you get over it you know all what right. and by the way would you rather be insecure and like sore Or would you rather pull up and be like rocking those shorts and being like, you know what, damn it. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing these. I don't care what you think and be all confident with life. That's a much better place to be in. So do it. So anyway, absolutely. so thank you for agreeing with me.
0: Yeah. So there's also bib knickers that go down to your knees, but then, you know, you have the bib. So you have, I mean, there are multiple options out there. You don't, you're not just stuck with shorts. And I mean, you're coming out of Texas, so yeah, it's hot all the time. So shorts do help. And I've 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 actually got a tan line <laughs> right above my knee and right above my above my elbow because been been riding in the sun. But yeah, that happens. That's,
1: that's the typical Texas way. Like my tan line is I'm measuring it. This is unofficial. is about three inches above from center of my kneecap. It's maybe about three and a half inches above.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but Fun fact: In Texas, we will often, um, some of us, you know, will often wear the short sleeve shirts. Um, yeah. And not short, short, short shorts. You know, normal length. Um, yeah. But uh, we will often wear arm guards, the arm, arm and leg guards, because mm. in white, because they make them for hot weather to protect you against the UV. Mm. Yes. Because we're out for, you know, Just- when you're out in the sun for hours cycling, you, you, you do come back tanned and or burnt Mm -hmm. so uh, you will see people wearing um, wearing those things uh, on their arm and legs to protect themselves from the sun and also down here in houston people don't understand this yes it gets 105 to 110 in the summer but in the winter uh you know we're at somewhere you know like around i'll just say 35 And a cold day would be 35 degrees Fahrenheit Mm -hmm. Um, for all of my European and actually for anybody who's not in the United States and use the Celsius. I'm sorry, I don't do conversions.
0: But yeah, I mean,
1: (laughs) when you're used to 105 degree Fahrenheit, weather and you go to 35 or 40 or even 55, it's cold. Mm -hmm. That's just a big that's that's a big difference.
0: That's a big difference. Yeah.
1: So we wear the bibs that go all the way down to our ankles. We have the well. Actually, what we do is we layer because it starts mm-hmm. off that cold and then it gets up into the upper fifties or sixties, and then you yeah. take off the the leg warmers and the arm warmers or whatever, mm-hmm. and move on with like and then jackets. But yeah, so in Virginia, I imagine you have to do that a little bit more. I mean, it is warm there. Yeah, but I don't yeah. Texas warm is it?
0: No, it's it. The warmest. I mean, I think couple of days ago it got up high as uh, 92, ninety two, ninety three degrees. But we but it's a humid hot, so you are sweating when you're out there. It's it's crazy. Um and yeah, layering is extremely important, especially when, when my when my team goes riding in, in winter when it's like thirty degrees out. Layering, right? You got all the way to the ankle, you've got like boot covers and uh cleat covers. What am I saying? Cleat cover, shoe covers, or whatever, as well as you know, jackets and arm sleeves and whatnot. And I did have some arm sleeves, uh, some UV sleeves, which I, for the longest time, I, I I haven't been able to find them. So I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sport my tan. It's it's fine. Check
1: your sock drawer.
0: That's not a bad place to look.
1: Out. You know why? Because that's where I just found mine, and I, and I've been looking for. Um, it, I've been looking for a while, and I—I I don't know. I was going through there, and—and and that's where mine were. My white UV sleeves were in my sock drawer. So
0: just check. okay. All right, I'll, I'll check my <laughs> sock drawer. But we are getting a new kit. Um, actually, this weekend we'll have a new kit with with new sun sleeves and new bib shorts and and uh, new jersey. So that's pretty exciting. And I've got a prominent spot in the back for hacks and hobbies. I'm I'm pretty happy with that.
1: Nice, nice. That's fantastic. Um, I'm not part of the formal, formal group. There's Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of groups down here. I mean, because in Houston, there's an Ironman uh, championship event. Oh wow! A lot of we have a lot of Ironman. There's a lot of there's. Houston is actually very cycling friendly, from a community perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of groups. So yeah. I'm part of like three, I run one for our neighborhood.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and when I say neighborhood, let me put that in perspective. There's 7,000 people in my neighborhood. My wow. Own. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and I, yeah. So, um, so I run that one and we, they, we have people at various levels, but there's a few other ones that I'm part of. And uh, I do ride, I'm not fast enough to ride with the competitive ones, but I, I'm, <laughs> I will be on their recovery ride day is where I can hang.
2: Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah, I, don't, same,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't do the uh I, I don't do the official kits and stuff with them because i don't feel like i've earned it even though yeah. they, they wouldn't mind it but I, I you know i feel like you have to really be in it go to the races with them and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but one thing so seriously cycling um i yeah. kind of segued because what i do mm-hmm. so everybody should, you should just get into it it's awesome get it's, get good, it. Good, it's good too
0: so, it's so much fun
1: embrace it so I want to talk to you let's talk about that but I want I want to talk to you about a safety
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, taxes being and what I mean by that is I don't think people who are um, automobile or I'll just say anybody who drives a moving vehicle yeah realizes how dangerous it is for us out there and this is kind of like a a pet peeve but i never get angry with somebody about it because i feel like they really truly need the education yeah. um and i'm wondering like if your experiences are similar because i've uh only been in texas two years before that i would i mean i've lived all over the country and so mm-hmm. i don't know where i've cycled i mean uh, the last place the most uh, would be new york so um even less of a cycling season in new york yeah uh, but it's even more dangerous in in where I live in the Houston area, I don't live in Houston proper. I live in some place called Montgomery, which is um, mm-hmm. north of Houston, um, but still kind of part of the greater Houston area. Yeah. But they, there are roads that literally have no shoulders.
0: Oh, man. That's the worst.
1: And as they replace them, because we were kind of a rural area, uh, mm-hmm. but because of urban expansion or whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, people are coming out here. Um, and it's actually, when I say country, it's not really, honestly, it's not really the country. I mean, so they're putting in new roads, but they're giving us good three foot wide shoulders, which, nice. is, which is great. Mm-hmm. But this is where I think people that are non-cyclists don't understand is that even though there's a shoulder, we still can and are legally allowed to ride in the street. Yes. And that's actually the safest spot for us because what people also don't understand because you're whizzing by um, 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. And Mm -hmm. I know that because, fun fact, uh, the majority of cyclists also own motor vehicles. And you know what? We are also in traffic and we also exceed the speed limit. So we know Mm -hmm. what you're up to. Yep. (laughs) so i can say that from from being somebody who 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 may or may not uh, in case any of my law officer enforcement friends are listening um but anyway um so we get it but we're not there to inhibit your 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 daily commute and we're sorry that whatever happened to you that you're late or if there was an accident or you know like whatever you have doing is more important than our life we're sorry about that yeah again that's my sarcastic tone because what life is like in that three foot shoulder, while it may seem like, hey, you've got that cushy space over there, number one, that space is covered in gravel. And it's not yes. like packed gravel, it is yeah. loose gravel. Yeah, so, you don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Go ahead. You tell, tell don't it. Tell it. Don't want to today.
0: be riding in that gravel because you know what happens when you fall in the gravel? First of all, you don't have a grip. And if you want to slow down, you're sliding in that gravel and, and scratching yourself up. And as drivers we have the right to be on the road as much as anything that's why they even have a license plate that says share the road
1: well this is this is yes and if I may jump back in yeah because this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm like very passionate about something and I'm trying I will desperately try to let you speak I swear I (laughs) I promise on my cold cup of tea that I'm drinking that I will give you time but I want to just pause here for a second and just tell people I, uh, just the importance because when a three foot wide shoulder, I can guarantee the furthest foot and a half of that is 100% that loose gravel. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just is. And that is the unsafest part for us. Then you've got like the next little bit, which I would say is about six inches. And that's the transition zone where there's just like um, some gravel. Mm-hmm. By the way, when I say gravel, when Junaid are saying gravel, we're talking about like little bits of rock. Little bits of sand, glass, litter, Mm -hmm. just everything is over in that shoulder. It's disgusting. You may not be able to see it because it blends in, but we can, and it's slippery. It's like being on ice. Yeah. If we fall in that zone, there's a 50-50 chance that we're going right into the grass or we're going left and into the lane and underneath your tires.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, when you get into that zone, like just onto the right side, one foot of the white line, of the road marker, that's, that's also a danger zone because of cars, cars will do a pass. If, if we, this is why we ride in the street because if you pass us so close, you don't understand that any speed above 45 miles per hour, there's wind that comes with you. Mm -hmm. It's much more, um, navigable. Is that the right word? If you're Mm -hmm. going 35 or lower because that wind doesn't suck us by the way, when that wind I'm talking about that. Yeah it pulls you into the road and into oh traffic. God,
0: it's crazy, dude. It's insane. And, so. that,
1: and that I'm just going to add this in and then I want you to talk about it because you're a, you're, I feel like you're a much better cyclist than I am. But also, when we're talking about winds, mm-hmm. um, not only does the car add in when they're going at a high rate of speed, and a lot of the roads here in Texas are, are 55 to 75 miles per hour, now oh. that's not a highway. That's
0: mm-hmm. just a road. Just a road. Wow.
1: Just a road. And we're cycling on that road with you. You are and the bigger the car, the bigger the wind. You're sucking us. That wind literally pulls us into the road. Mm-hmm. Now if we're fighting a headwind or a crosswind, we're also fighting that. And you're, yeah. you're just aiding to that. Yep. Um anyway, okay, go.
0: I had a crazy go. experience. So last week we did a or week before we did a 60 mile ride. And Since my teammates, and and when we started the ride, I was like, oh my God, all of you guys have been riding this whole winter and, you know, spring, and I'm just getting back into biking. I'm just gonna I'm going to get dropped for sure. Like, no, no, dude, you're going to be fine. Just follow the directions. So somehow the directions on the bike computer was not giving me the street names. I'm like, what is going on? I, I see the route on my computer. Anyways, I got lost multiple times. I ended up in a totally different space. I had to drive on a highway where the cars are flying by 55 miles an hour for at least seven miles. Mm-hmm. And it is not fun. That shoulder, like you were mentioning, that, that shoulder is not big enough. But that's the place I get to. I, I had to stay in there because these cars are just literally going 55, 60 miles an hour because they got to be there, get somewhere. And like you're saying, you know, the the wind pulls you. And lucky for me, that the wind was, um, it was a tailwind, so it didn't pull me in as much. But but it's dangerous. It's it's you know the, you you never know who's crazy and not looking. If there's a bike out there on the road, so I try to get through it as quickly as I could have. But yeah, and, and very important, safety is super important. We have these roads as well here in Virginia. We actually have narrower roads. There's very limited space where they have any uh, shoulder. So we are riding on the main street. And um, when we do do the group rides with uh, RBC, which is Reston Bike Club, to do group rides Tuesdays and Thursdays, and so it's a bigger group. It's much easier to hang in the group, and and uh, the cars be like, "All right, we'll we'll let these guys go, whatever." But it it is super, super scary out there. And uh, I, in fact, my brother in law has vowed <laughs> never to ride on the road. He's like, "I'm a I'm a mountain biker. I'm gonna stay on the trails. If I do ro- ride on the road, I'm gonna." take the bike path, not not the bike path, but, the the footpath where people walk in, you know, strollers and whatnot, but that footpath is not very smooth to ride because it's made out of most of the times it's made out of, uh, concrete and there's a lot of joints and those joints hurt my joints when I'm riding mm-hmm. on those, on those footpaths. So, yeah, um, safety is numero uno. Um, we we have been lucky enough that some of the roads that um, Reston Bike Club does ride, they have been upgraded, and um, the city has been kind enough to add bike lanes to the roads, and you know tell people that you know there's going to be bikers sh- can share the road or share the road with the bikes. So so we have been lucky enough because. We have those highways and so we avoid the highways where they go fifty five and above. And most roads in in the, the towns and cities that we're living in, the speed limits are posted at thirty five max, forty I think forty is the max speed, and uh, for the main streets and then thirty five and twenty five is is the posted speed. But again, like you said, we are, we're we're all drivers and sometimes we gotta get some place fast and you know you're not always gonna obey that speed limit um even if it's for you know two three four or five minutes at a time
1: hey i'm okay with that if you if you want mm-hmm. to speed not you but like the mm-hmm. plural you if, if anybody wants the speed, go ahead and yeah. speed. you know what yeah. that's that's your if you get caught you get caught if you don't you don't that's your decision but mm-hmm. what i'm just saying is just please understand that number one and I don't know about your, your state in Virginia, but in Texas, it's actually illegal for us to ride on the footpaths or sidewalks. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: It is. You you, as a a bicycle in the state of Texas is considered a moving vehicle and you are, you are legally required to ride on the road. Yeah. So when somebody, if you're yelling at me to get on the sidewalk, that's actually legally the wrong spot for me to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and just just move over we're, we're, you know what i I'm not if I'm in the road it's because it's safer for me to block your path than it is yes. to be in the side of the road, and it's yeah. not because I want to be a jerk to you or a mm. rude, it's because I want to come home a lot yes
0: literally Absolutely.
1: and that's that's mm-hmm. that's literally what I'm concerned about,
0: uh, yeah, so I get back home to my family
1: and I know that that causes a lot of anxiety for um drivers and mm-hmm. sometimes they don't know what to do like i was on a group ride the other day yeah uh and there were one two there was only three it's three three or four of us mm-hmm. small group but still anything above one is a group right yes um so <laughs> <laughs> we were out on one of the roads that hadn't been repaved and there was no shoulder um, um, and it's a very, very hilly and um Windy Road, which is—it's a lot of fun to ride a bike on uh, because there's a lot of good ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Most people on this uh, road—it's a very common cycling path. It's—it's just—it's very common. Most people are used to it. But there was this one car just honking at us, and we were over as far as we could go. Yeah. Turns out it was a very elderly woman, and she just didn't know what to do. So she was probably just frustrated. So yeah you know, I mean, I, I'm not giving her a complete pass because I don't care how old or how young you are. You don't get a complete pass. You passed your driver's test. You know what the rules are, mm-hmm. you should, but you
2: should um,
1: she wouldn't cause it was a double yellow line the whole way, but she wouldn't mm-hmm. go, there was nobody coming, but she wouldn't pass us. And she was just beeping yeah. at us. Yeah. We actually had <laughs> to stop and let her pass. And then she, you know, like was just she like kind of slowed down and was like yelling at us. We couldn't hear her, but you could see her mouth moving like this little (laughs) lady. Um, And that just, I don't know. I I just didn't understand that. But yeah, um, we're we're meant to ride in the road and it's safer. The other thing that uh, I want to talk about is where are you and your club in stop signs and um, stop signs? Stop. So there's, there's two schools of thought on a stop mm-hmm. sign. <laughs> you roll it yeah. or you stop. Where, where, where are you guys on that?
0: Well, we'll come to a stop sign depending on where the stop sign is located. If it's a main street, there's a lot of cars crossing. Well, you got to stop. Uh, if it's within uh, city bounds or within a neighborhood, then you, know, you stop. And whoever's in the front will look around. Okay, if there's a cars coming, we'll say, okay, there's cars, stop. And then the cars will sometimes wave us and like, go ahead, go ahead. And then, so the group will pass to stop signs. But yeah, it it all comes down to okay, what what's the what's the lay of the land, and uh, is there anybody there, or is not.
1: So. This is I don't know if you're aware of this. You probably are because um, you're, you're a cyclist, like an avid cyclist. But this is something that I want people to know is that the rules on stop signs are state-by-state dependent. Some states yes. require a rolling stop where mm-hmm. you don't have to actually stop. You just need to be cautious. Some yeah. states don't even require you to stop. Um, like I think it's Idaho. They don't even, you don't even have to stop. You're, if you're, if you're a bike and it's safe, you can keep full pace. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that slow down, check and rolling stop. Nice. Uh, in other States you're required to do a full stop and you can do what's called a track stand, which is where you don't put your foot down. You're just kind of stopped. You're looking around, you're balancing on your bike, which yeah. people should know is possible. You can balance and not move at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually very difficult, and it's something it's we important. all, as a cyclist, like. That's like a cool thing to do. So yeah, learn how to do it, and you'll be like the envy of your cycling friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, um, mm-hmm. And then there's states where you have to not only come to a stop, you have to have one foot on the ground.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Texas is um, Texas is a foot on the ground state. Okay. Uh, and and or it's a complete stop depending on depending on the area but i mean it's definitely i'll just call it a complete stop state preferably yeah. they're a foot on the ground um, yeah but one thing that i've noticed is people don't people don't like when cyclists stop <laughs> like why do you i mean no this... no no i'm serious about this and let, let me oh,
0: cyclists don't like cyclists no. stopping or
1: no cars don't like cars when don't cyclists like. stop And here, here, let me, let me tell you what I mean. So Mm -hmm. I'm a rule follower. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm stopping at, I stop at every stop sign. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's only, uh, I will say that there are a couple stop signs that I run um, religiously because my neighborhood's brand new and it's being built out. All the roads are built and they're, they're, they're building the infrastructure now with the, city water sewer electricity they're running the the utilities and um, they're just starting to build houses so yeah there's it's open construction there's nobody coming like it's it's been cleared land you can literally see for miles Mm -hmm. those stop signs i run because there's i'm literally the only person on the road except for maybe the occasional construction vehicle which always gets the right of way because well let's face it it's a construction vehicle
0: exactly uh, mm-hmm.
1: But if I'm on any one of the other neighborhood roads, uh, we have traffic circles in my neighborhood. We only have one stop sign. When I come to that stop sign, um, I stop. It's a four-way stop. I stop. I foot on the ground. Like, And I will literally go in the middle of the lane and pretend I'm a car. Mm-hmm. And if there's four or five cars deep, I will become the fourth or fifth car. I don't ride mm-hmm. up on the right and stop. I am. I am in traffic. I am a – that confuses people, mm-hmm. but – at that one stop sign, my neighbors seem to like it. They get confused when somebody rolls up on the side. And they're like, well, if I'm turning right, you can't see my right turn signal because you're exactly so that so that confuses people. But what I have noticed is that people don't like cyclists to stop because they don't understand what to do with the cyclist.
2: Mm-hmm. When is
1: it the cyclist's turn? And I don't know if you guys experienced that down there. Um, and I'm talking about red lights too, because there's, a, there's this one group that I ride with that I, stop, yeah. I, I used to ride with that I don't because they were red light runners. Mm. Um, and by that, what I mean is we have, I'm only talking about intersections that, that perpendicular,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: it's a red light, where there's a side street, on the left or the right, but not on both sides, do you know what I mean? and you're on the street, okay. you're going straight, and you come yeah. up to a stoplight. There's yeah. only a left or right hand turn, there's not both, so it's only right a-
0: it's a t turn mm-hmm. it's a
1: t yeah, and you're going straight. They will run that red light every time because like mm-hmm. or, you know whatever, and I'm, I will always stop, so i I couldn't yeah. ride with them anymore because I just don't think that's safe because
0: it's not safe, yeah
1: <laughs> anyway, but you know. They do. But I found, uh, not not my cycling friends, but some of my car driving friends get confused with cyclists at, at red lights and stop signs.
0: That's so funny. That makes a lot of sense because, one, people who don't bike uh, or are just you know car drivers, they haven't learned those same things that we have to as cyclists and it's it's fair that they're confused because a lot of people are confused about about a lot of the things because again they don't they are too tied into what they're focused on and they just haven't studied like for example not a lot of people know the difference between bees and uh, wasps Right. They're both yellow and black. Like, wait, why is one better than the other? Um, a lot of people don't know the difference between a road bike and a and a time travel bike. Oh, right. a time so, travel bike, yeah. Yeah, time travel bike. And um, you know, now we have gravel bikes, and now we have you know. So there's so many. Like, once you go inside a room, you're like, oh my god, there's so much more choices. Like I thought, there was just only one kind of bike. No, no, no. So that's that's one of the reasons that it's it's clear. Like a lot of people will put Batman and and Iron Man in the same book. I'm like no, dude, no.
1: Okay, first of all, you should never cross the DC and Marvel streets.
0: Exactly. Don't do it.
1: Just, just don't do it.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, there's there's people of all sorts of information and lack of information let's say right so it's 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 fair i mean i guess you know well, that's, you what we're,
1: that's what we talk about here we're common yeah. misperceptions so exactly we've talked about a lot of them like uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the the main one is about our ability as cyclists to be on the road. yes and that we're actually legally allowed to be on the road, number mm-hmm. one, and, and that uh, it's the safest spot for us. And yeah. you know, we, we hopefully dispelled a lot of perceptions around why we're on the road. And then yes. you know, we talked about misperceptions of bib shorts and cycling shorts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what, per- the perception, they're uh, uncomfortable and they're weird looking and whatever, but the reality is Number one, we're sexy as hell wearing them. Sorry. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe that was a little bit of a joke, but they're comfortable <laughs> and they serve a purpose just yeah. like your cleats are for your baseball, for your football, mm-hmm. for your soccer, whatever your your game is. Um, you know what? You couldn't play baseball without a bat. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't
2: really cycle. Without, without a helmet. Or yeah. Or
1: without a, Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't really cycle without a helmet mm-hmm. um, just for your own safety and you definitely shouldn't, you know, with without uh padded shorts padded shorts were invented for a reason yeah Um, and it's okay to embrace embrace that and you know what you'll find out that there's a community of people that support you and we're out there so we've talked a lot about a a lot of misperceptions um, today so hopefully we've helped some people but um, and then we talked about the stop sign stopping Mm -hmm. stopping is a huge stopping is a huge um concern for cyclists and people don't understand that like everything Mm -hmm. is a huge concern for us yeah did the battery run out on my rear light uh
0: yes gotta keep checking those things too exactly
1: and and uh, quite frankly i have a lot of friends who cycle and they pay more attention to their front light than their rear light and i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna throw out Well, you're in virginia so you'll understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um y'all are crazy yeah (laughs) your backlight is the most important because as a cyclist you are supposed to ride with traffic in your Mm -hmm. lane Mm -hmm. and that backlight is is your key to safety the front light should be on because it's required by most state laws to have at least a white reflector in the front Mm -hmm. a red reflector in the back but preferably lights blinking um, is safer because it does attract attention and that's what we're all about and I don't know Uh, Janae, if you know this or not, but um, Mm -hmm. when we wear bright colors as cyclists, we're trying to be seen, but do you know that, um, do you know the safest spots to put color on yourself as a cyclist is? Your feet? Exactly.
0: Because they're just moving all the time.
1: Because they're moving. Mm -hmm. The movement is what catches the eye of the driver. Yeah. Like we wear like... Mm-hmm. Bicycling magazine, I think, is the one that did this the the study, and is like you can wear the most obnoxious jersey color you want, and believe mm-hmm. me, I do. I don't. My kits can are can, are are mostly like bright oranges and uh, highlighter yellows because mm-hmm. they are the most visible. I have the most visible colors that uh, are in bright light. Yeah, because I'm in Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> when I was in upstate New York or western New York, I had different colors that were more prominent. They were more the turquoises and the darker the 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 greens versus the yellows because they yeah. show up better in overcast situations and and like lower light.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, you have to su- you have to wear what's appropriate. But but the study came out is and and um, I wear. Uh, these um, green and silver because they're meant to be reflective
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, anklets. Every time I cycle, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can see those from a very long distance away because you see my feet pedaling, and you can see them in. They're the they're both colors because they. Uh, if I'm cycling in the early morning or in the late evening they transition into dusk and dawn very well yeah. because they've got the green and then they've got the um the silver uh and the silver isn't a normal silver it's that highly reflective annoying silver you know yeah yeah um and people see me and again it's about coming home alive and people don't understand how risky it is to be a cyclist
0: mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty crazy it's very crazy in fact um rbc the uh, bike Club out here that arranges a lot of the rides and um, I think they're doing their 37th century ride this year. So I've been training for that. And so they will actually hand you a reflective anklet to put on your, put on your ankle.
1: That's genius. And mm-hmm. please, when you tell them, they have my official endorsement. Not that, awesome. that means anything, but that's, a, that's <laughs> a great idea because they've paid attention and they know what they're doing. That's a that's a great cycling club because yeah, those are important. And you know what, the anklet, you know, maybe you if you're wearing one, you feel like you're uh, some sort of convict and you're on home arrest, but it it's going to keep you alive. Yeah, absolutely. So, what else do you think are common misperceptions for cycling? I mean, we've talked about them without calling them out. Uh, yeah, but and and those started off as pet peeves, but what else do you think people maybe don't understand about us?
0: Hmm. Very good question. Um, One thing that, um, so we have uh, here, we have the W and OD route path. And um, a lot of people, like a lot of the group rides, Go through it, but we try to avoid it as much as possible because there's a lot of people walking on there. There's a lot of people um, uh, jogging, walking, you know, hanging out with a stroller, or there's even mountain bikers riding their bikes, or, you know, basically noobs on bikes. They want to get out on the road. Well, but they don't want to be on the road, so they go on the trail, mm-hmm. which is great. So, what your question was you know, what other misconceptions? There's a huge communication. I mean, just riding in groups, you got to alert other bikers of what you've seen. So, that's a huge uh, thing that we teach ourselves and talk, talk about it. You know, whenever we're riding on the road and we see a car coming down our way, we'll say, car up. So all the other bikers, you know, will shout out loud, car up. So, you know, watch out. There's a car coming our way or on the other side. So you're careful. Or whoever's in the back, they'll say, car back. You know, watch out. There's a car coming behind us. So we, we will voice out these things. And, you know, there's a car on the right, car on the left, turning into our lane kind of things, uh, as well as, you know, we'll tell them, you know, beats be a single file. Because we're on a narrow road and people might want to pass us. So let's be on a single file. And um, the other things that we also do is, especially when we're riding in a group or riding, especially for the faster riders um, in group A, you know, group one or group two, they're going, you know, anywhere from 18 to twenty five miles per hour average speed, which is insane. I don't know how they keep it, but they are riding really close to each other. They're probably four, five and four inches between the front wheel of the rear biker and the rear wheel of the front biker. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's pretty, it's pretty insane to see. I mean, to see that train pass by, it's like, whoa, that's awesome. But, um, I can't think of one another misconception yeah yeah
1: yeah. so i think what if i can summarize is basically people don't understand that one a group ride is very complex it's actually um and and motorcyclists will understand this because Mm -hmm. when you're in a group ride in a motorcycle or bicycle there's less time to react because if you react or you overreact you're gonna impact the person on your right or left yeah and by the way like uh, Janate said, there is a reason we pick the formation for the ride. Uh, sometimes it's two by two. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's single file. And that fits a couple different things that are going on. It's the, the perception, our perception of road conditions and wind conditions uh, combined because you're, you're safer in high winds if you're two by two than you are single file. Mm-hmm. And then, even within that, there is um, a diagonal pattern or there is a side by side. So, what I mean by that is you're literally in two by two and you're next, you're, you ride right next to somebody. And then there's yeah. diagonal, whereas, like one of the lines will shift slightly in front of or slightly behind the other line. Yeah. And that all has to do with wind safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, just wanted you to know that, <laughs> not you, Janae, but like everybody listening, there's reasons reason yeah, to we pick that. That's and reason. Mm-hmm. We don't use any audible commands. We have our own hand signals. Okay. Um, because what we find is in group rides, like a lot of the times people can't really hear you or they don't, um, you know, not necessarily um, pick up on them, but yeah. hand signals, everybody's trained to look for the hand signals. Okay. Um, you know, there's the slowdown, you know, coming to a stop. There's slowdown, coming to a stop, hazard in the road, car, mm-hmm. um, car, car, um, car is not, uh, their car back is not one because uh, okay. we don't, nobody really calls an audible. I mean, sometimes, um, uh, depending on the ride, somebody might call a car back and that's the only audible because you can't uh, see that. But
0: you can't really see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, but uh, because there's no hand signal for that, you can't see the hand signal, the person behind you. Exactly. Typically, we just don't um, call those out. We just expect that there's always gonna be a car behind us. Um, But that's always, having a car behind us is always very strange uh, and, and tricky. Um, but sometimes we'll call it if we do. It's car back, yeah, and that's how everybody knows what what to do. And then there will be other other shouts if we need to like move over or aggressive driver or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, um, RBC is actually who um, where I learned from, and they said, um, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta um, keep have these audible signs because." in a group ride there, there might be anywhere from 15 to 20 people. And, um, audible, it does make sense because a lot of people are new and you know, they, they don't know the hand signals. And if you're riding with a, you know, a group like for example, yourself riding with a group where, you know, you understand hand signals and you're paying attention to all that's going around then yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah I mean cycling is an amazing sport. I actually got my son both my sons into it. Uh, my younger son he's four he just he's been riding a balanced bike for many years so <laughs> he's only four years old. he's been riding a balance bike for about two years and i'm I'm really we're really happy that you know he got the balancing down and he would like bomb down the the driveway with his feet up and then you know so now then we got him into pedaling so now he can pedal but then just two weeks ago he put those two things together and, and my older son who's nine he's like alright you gotta do this and he got put it together and just ride. So now he's been riding his my my older son's bike and he's I had taken off the training wheels. So he's riding that bike, pedaling it and he's just loving it. He's like, I can go all the way to the stop sign. By myself, exactly. so yeah. Growing up, cycling was, you know, was the dream. It, it, I, I, as far as I can remember, I've been cycling since I was, you know, uh, you know, seven or eight or nine, and uh, it's been it. It is a it is absolute freedom, and you've probably seen Stranger Stranger Things, and in the eighties, that's what, what what that's what people did, right? You know, that's what kids did. That's what we they, did jump on the bikes and they would go to the neighbors, you know, go to your friend's house and, and go everywhere and explore everything.
1: Yep. You knew where everybody was by where the bikes yeah. were because we didn't have cell phones. Yep. Um, back then in the, in the in the seventies and early eighties, we didn't, you just went where all the bikes were. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. And I have not watched stranger things, but that's a whole nother podcast episode on why. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just well, I think that, just, there's, there's going to be a podcast episode um with you and I where you'll tell me all the wise, or maybe oh, yeah, others, yeah. right like why do I, why i don't watch Game of Thrones why do i don't watch stranger things um' we i mean we it's can it's talk the around.
1: same answer and I'll just give you a, a, and this is what happens a blanket answer okay <laughs> it's a blanket answer um. It's a time suck for me.
0: Oh, yes. Okay.
1: And I totally will, agreed. I don't have, once I get into a series or something like that, mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to stop. Yeah. And I, now. <laughs> yeah, I like to do other things like go swimming in my pool. I like nice. to ride my bike. I like yeah. to try to stay healthy. And the, that is an unhealthy activity that I would thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy, but I can't allow myself that. I can't. I just There's a
0: solution to it, my friend. Don't watch it. <laughs> no. So so in, in the wintertime here in Virginia, we get, when we get snow, it's too cold to ride outside. Or if it's raining, well, I've got a trainer set up in my basement, and I've got a television in front of me. And if I want to do an hour-long ride, well, I can watch an episode of something and, you know, follow oh, my I training regimen. So, boom.
1: Nope, no. It's twenty. It's three sixty-five here. We don't get. Yep, that.
0: you oh, no, you don't playing. get that option over there. But, yeah. But, but yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I barely watch any TV. Uh, also, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll I'll throw something in. And it's it's better to spend time with you know loved ones and doing activities than watching television. Uh, and that's
1: that's that's why I don't. So blanket answer, but yeah, we could definitely, definitely talk about the wise some other day, but, um, uh, and as, as life. So just so everybody knows, I'm going to post this in a few minutes. It's going to go live right away. Um, so Junaid, if you could actually send me a picture, I could post with the episode.
0: Absolutely. I can, you
1: know, just email me that over uh, and then I'll post it as soon as I get the picture. Um, like I talked about poor Brandon's internet went down. So this is going to be my July 4th. I drop every Thursday. So this episode will go up as soon as I get the picture. But as always, I've lost track of time. I don't even know how long we're talking. And uh, (laughs) I know that uh, people in my house need the office to do whatever they need to do. And I'm sure that uh, your family's waking up and and needs to uh, do whatever Mm -hmm. you're you're supposed to do. Exactly. Needs to start. um, so thanks for being on the show. I hope people understood that it's not easy to be a cyclist. And again, as always, please comment. You know, you can reach me via the anchor link and, and leave a voicemail for, for for me. Or if you tune in to Hacks and Hobbies, leave him a voicemail. Uh, Janaid would love to hear from you. Uh, for me, it's Absolutely. at P- P- I- R podcast at Gmail. Um, you could call me at 585-210-0240 and leave me a voicemail, talk to me, can do all of that. Or if you have a message for Janae, call me and leave that and I'll make sure he gets it. Um, If you wanna learn more about any of his hacks and hobbies, go listen. Uh, I mentioned it, but I don't think Janae did. Um, We're Anchor Podcaster, so it's hosted by Anchor, which means Mm -hmm. that it's distributed everywhere. So if you have the ability to A, find, Because you're listening to my podcast yeah Uh, the search menu and you type in hacks and hobbies I'm sure that you will find Jenaid's podcast and that's uh, right should listen because you want to know the difference between a wasp a bee and a hornet because there are differences Um, those of us that are allergic do learn the differences uh, just (laughs) quickly yeah you have to identify which bees more because bees some some of the I'm just calling them all bees
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just some of these stinging pollinators, um some are actually more aggressive than others. Like a honeybee is actually very, very docile. They don't, oh, yeah. they, they, I'm allergic, they can land on me and I'm not even panicking. But, uh, you know, that little SOB's yellow jacket uh comes on me or that big horn wasp or horn or whatever what it's called that I told you about that looks like a plane coming in. Yeah uh, I'm I'm exiting the scene very quickly. <laughs> um, so but to find all about that stuff, listen to the early episodes of Hacks and Hobbies. To find out what Janaid's up to right now, listen to the most current episode because he'll tell you what he is talking about um and interested in because apparently he has a million different hobbies. He's <laughs> always a busy, busy, busy man. Um, Janae, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you enjoy your long weekend. Hopefully, you do have a long weekend. I know that I took tomorrow off to have a four-day weekend. Nice. So
0: well. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much, All David. Right. This was this was a lot of fun chatting you chatting with you on cycling and oh my god. So many, so many cool things that we can go on and on for sure. for a very long time. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much.
1: I'm always available for follow-ups.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely making a thing if it.
1: Yeah, thank you. And uh, <laughs> send over the picture and I'll post it right away. Thank you. You
0: got it. All right. Take care.